The Blokebusters podcast is proud to be a member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us, as well as other fantastic podcasts such as Pencil and Ink Review, Another Damn Trivia Show, and The Language of Bromance at podbros.com, as well as on most other fine podcasting services. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to share and enjoy the Blokebusters podcast. Welcome to another episode of Film Spotlight, uh, the Blockbusters little experiment here. Um, oh, yes. I'm Brian. I'm Paul. And with us today we have musician and uh, multiple podcast host, Jacob Holler. Say hello, Jacob. Hi. Hey, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Love having fun. you. Yeah, thank you. And that was Jacob Heller. <laughs> That's all the time we have for him. Um, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Oh, we really I should have you on. The We like to end things before they go horribly awry. So, you know, the quicker the better. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about what you do, Jacob, before we get going. Yeah, sure. Um, as you said, I'm a musician. I live in Providence, Rhode Island, and I just kind of write songs sort of in a folky often kind of humorous vein and then i also host uh or involved in like a kind of ridiculous number of podcasts but a couple of the ones that i'm particularly excited about right now are um my stepsister Lindsay is currently walking across the united states and so i've got a podcast where every week she calls in and i record the the phone call and put it online and so that's uh, i love that yeah that's uh it's cool to hear about her adventures and stuff um and then i have another one called uh love ya like crazy or love you like crazy which is one i do with my friend carrie where we talk about works of young adult fiction and kind of rant and rave about them and maybe make fun of them and uh swear a whole lot and that <laughs> one is real fun too all right uh what was the name for the first one i don't recall if you said it oh yeah i didn't uh <laughs> Good. These are. This is a good interview. Question. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And what was that thing that you were just talking about? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that podcast is named Lindsay Walks, uh, but you can find links to my music and all of my various projects at my website, which is jacobhaller.com. Okay. H a l l. Okay. Excellent. Well, that's. Yeah, I like the sound. I want to give that one a listen. Is that L a n d s e y? Uh, yes, L I N D S A Y. Okay, yeah, I didn't say all right. So, I may as well start diving straight in. So, this first film that we're going to talk about is the one that you really like, and we normally attempt to guess the genre, and it doesn't ever really go that great because well we really try to go for the bullseye we don't yes. just say things like action or yeah, well we com- have before well, i mean yes but we're trying to narrow <laughs> yeah. it down a little more than that into subgenres. genres uh, yes uh, so uh, let me let i think try. i guessed first last i think time. you did yes yeah. i'm going to guess for no reason other than uh, one day it's going to be right. Uh, spy thriller. <laughs> okay, I like it. All right. Well, I'm going to keep going with Buddy Cop. <laughs> oh, these are both excellent. Uh, they're both totally wrong. Okay. Uh, yeah. are, are we but anywhere like... close, like in, at all? <laughs> like, we always try and find. Throw that. us a bone somewhere. It uh, is a movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is a movie. Yes. Okay. So that. Oh, well, we were in the you ball. Know, ball. You're pretty well, right. Right. Okay. <clears throat> So, um, what what film is it you've chosen? The movie is well. I'm going to draw out think, the suspense a little uh, because I'm pretty sure that I would be surprised if either of you have ever seen it. Um, maybe I'll be surprised though. But uh, the reason why I picked this movie is that it's a movie that the first time I saw it, I didn't particularly think much of it, and then it was only over time, as I kept watching it, that. Um, I just every time I watched it, I enjoyed it more, and now I, it's one of my favorite movies. So, uh, the movie in question is *The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera*, and it's it was released in two thousand and one, uh, directed 
written and starring Larry Blamir. Uh, have you seen this movie or ever heard of it? Um, no, no to both. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, um, before I get into that, though, I am curious. Do you have any books that books? Do you have any movies that are kind of in that category of the first time you saw them, you didn't really appreciate them much? I mean, I have a few, but I feel like this is the first one that I that I really encountered this phenomenon with. I'm trying to think right now. I'm I'm sure I have. I'm having a tough time coming up with examples right off the top of my head, but I'm sure there is okay. some like that. Yeah, that, I I typically run more into I'll really like the film, but most people don't. Is more mm-hmm. what happens to me because typically what I feel about yeah. a film on first viewing is how I feel about it going forward. There have been some that I've grown to not like as much but typically not the other way around so yeah, i would kind of agree with that too I'm, I'm very um critical in that regard where i don't really give things a second chance possibly when i should um especially if i mean outside factors weigh in i could just be tired for no reason related to the content if i fall asleep during the best movie ever i'm not watching it again which, <laughs> which is really yeah. stupid but <laughs> yeah. um, i just take that as a sign from my body you know like i wasn't meant to enjoy it but uh, yeah. yeah, if I think of something, I'll let you know. But so this took you a couple viewings to appreciate. Yeah, I mean, um, just to cling limpet limpet like to my own concept, uh, a couple that I thought of that are kind of like that are uh, one that I've heard other people say the same thing about, and which was my experience is the Big Lebowski. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, and then another. Uh, actually, I haven't gone back to revisit this one, so this is one more one that I think might be the case but children of men uh, yeah uh, that one i don't think i ever ended up finishing see i i yeah. loved that from the beginning but it's something i definitely appreciate more and more with each watch um mm-hmm. so i started off at a pretty high level of of really loving it and appreciating it but i do seem to get at least there are no diminishing returns let's put it that way I at least get the same experience out or notice and enjoy it on different levels uh, but yeah that those yeah. are good examples Right, that was one that I noticed. Like, I watched it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess that was all right." And then I just, I just kept thinking about it the, for the next couple of weeks. So I feel like that's one I should definitely go back and see sometime, and maybe I'll find more in there. Um, anyway, but to return to the the movie at hand, the Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. So what this is, is sort of a um, a parody in a way, but I would say also a loving tribute to like terrible B movies from the uh, you know forties through sixties, roughly sort of black and white uh, bad movies, which many of which I encountered first through like Mystery Science Theater three thousand or, or or things like that. Um, and so when I watched it the first time, like I was like, well, there are a few, you know, there are a few uh, pretty good jokes in there and but i didn't necessarily think a whole lot about it um and then like i got it out of netflix back at a time when streaming didn't exist and you actually got dvds in the mail uh cast your mind back to the long ago era of 2001 14 years ago Six, no, wait, that's not how math works. No, I'm just, okay. I'm just a little tired for some That's reason. okay. Um, so, uh, so I saw it and I was like, well, that was sort of interesting, but, and some good, a few jo- good jokes, but uh, I didn't necessarily think that much of it. But I was like, I have a friend who I bet would also think it was interesting. And so I mailed it to him. And then he returned it to Netflix. And then, like, a f- another friend of mine was coming to visit, and I bet I was like, I bet that he might be interested in this one, too. And so I got it out of Netflix again and watched it with him and enjoyed it a bit more. And then I did it, I think, a third time. And after the third time, I was like, I guess I just have to admit that I like this movie, and I should probably buy a copy for myself, since apparently I'm going to watch it over and over. <laughs> um, and... So I became a little obsessed with it and it had, you know, the DVD has all sorts of extra features on it and things. Um, so what, it, so basically I don't even know what to say about the plot per se. Uh, <laughs> it's real dumb. Um, okay. <laughs> like basically there's the scientist and his wife, they go out to this countryside um, because a, uh, a meteorite has landed and, 
And the scientist thinks that the meteorite is made out of this substance called atmospherium, which is important for reasons that are never really specified in the movie. Um, meanwhile, another scientist, a bad guy, has come to the same area to find the, t the titular lost skeleton of Cadavera, who's like this kind of legendary f figure who's supposed to be in Cadavera Cave. Um, and he finds the skeleton, and the skeleton, in order to come back to life, turns out needs some atmospherium as well. And then there's a third sort of narrative thread where these aliens land, their ship is damaged, and they need atmospherium to repair it. Um, and that <clears throat> that makes the plot sound both more complicated and simpler than it really is. There's a lot of weird <laughs> things that happen. For some reason, the the evil mad scientist steals the aliens uh, this device called a transmutatron, which is clearly just a cock gun with a little thing put on the end of it. Um, and he use it, uses it to transform four different forest animals into a single human woman uh, who he then, so that he has someone who he can pretend is his wife when he goes to the scientist to try to get to the, um, you know. So anyway, this whole thing is kind of a mess. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it. So messes are but, fun sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But the thing about it is that that's kind of the surface movie. Uh, there's also kind of this second level where the movie is not actually just just a movie, but it's a movie about someone making a movie like that. Um, so, for instance, when the director was giving instructions to the actors, uh, when he was talking, for instance, to the actor who played the alien Crowbar, it's the alien's name, uh, Andrew Parks, he said he didn't like say, you know, okay, in this scene, here's what the alien's doing, and here's what your motivation is, and whatever. Instead, he said, okay, so your character is that you're a stage actor and this is your first chance in the films. And so you just want to hit it out of the park. So you're just acting your pants off. Um, and so that's his character is he's an actor in this film, uh, just chewing the scenery in this kind of an amazing way. Um, there's a character named Ranger Brad, who is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, and his instruction, the director told him, okay, so your story is you're not actually an actor. You're an actual forest ranger, and they hired you because you could bring your own costume. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and, you know, and so on and so forth. And, you know, this is a movie like, uh, in a way, it was kind of like almost method filmmaking um, if that's not giving it too much credit, because, you know, like the old movies, this was filmed, I don't know what the, the budget was, but it, you know, it was pretty tiny. It was filmed in, uh, Bronson Canyon, which is where Invasion of the Bounty Snatchers was filmed there. It conquered the world, Teenagers from Outer Space, a bunch of those old movies. Um, because of the way that, uh, LA has developed, um, it's actually a lot more expensive to rent now and there's like a nearby airport or something I think so they had to film a lot of it at night uh, and then digitally process it to make it look like it was day and they filmed it in ten and a half days partly because of the expense you know so and I think it was writ the script was written in under a week you know like Larry Blumier just sat down and cranked it out um, and so kind of by necessity but I think also sort of you know I think also that's kind of how they wanted to do it it's it was made in in some of the same ways that those old low budget movies you know terrible in a lot of ways but uh, but also if you're into that kind of thing um interesting and and enjoyable to watch in a lot a lot of ways uh some of those same kind of pressures and techniques uh the Larry Blumier broke his arm, I think, during the filming and, like, had to film part of it, you know, rearrange how it was filmed so that that wouldn't be obvious. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. So, uh, I know that I arguably the goal of this segment is for me to convince uh, <laughs> people who haven't seen the movie to see it. I don't know if I've convinced a single person. <laughs> um, this, this movie was not very well reviewed when it came out. Uh, a lot of people 
you know, even people who like that, those kind of movies just felt like it was a mistake to try to kind of recapture, you know, to make something that was intentionally bad to mimic these old movies. And I understand that criticism. Uh, and, you know, and, and sometimes people found it kind of boring. Um, oh, another thing, like when they edited it, the instructions of the editor is like always start the scene slightly too early and le- let it run a little too long. Uh, so... <laughs> There's a lot of things where it just holds a beat too long, um, and once you're aware that that's going on, or once you notice it, it's really definitely a part of it. And I I know that what I'm describing just sounds like a bad movie, <laughs> like a movie that perhaps is kind of unwatchable. But um, but I think that it is something that if it that if the sort of general idea sounds at all appealing, it might be worth giving giving it a watch and maybe even like giving it one and a half watches and seeing if it kind of catches on for you the same way it does for me yeah it sounds like something i would be very interested in uh, yeah I, I would agree it does sound super niche like it's definitely has to i think already be part of that wheelhouse yeah that of type of films that you're into and then once you understand what they're going for then you can probably enjoy it yeah um, it, it even kind of sounds like i, I know obviously plot different and all that but it kind of sounds like the low budget version of what mars attacks tried to do just catching on that yeah. old school yeah it's just yeah the cover art from yeah i'm looking at the cover art and like i, I just looked at yeah at a budget at forty thousand dollars i mean that's <laughs> right yeah it's um but yeah also reading here that like the errors and continuity and stuff were all intentional yeah, so. which is yeah. well i think that might not be entirely true. <laughs> was, okay you think that someone's giving them too much credit there on imdb well, that, that is that is a perfect way of explaining away any like, uh-huh. actual inconsistency yeah meant to have the uh, boom mic in that shot yeah uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah i mean obviously you you've sold us <laughs> on that one oh, but good. uh what about the film spoke to you like what why is it that you like it so much yeah um good question i mean i did kind of the reason why i enjoyed it the first time around uh i can't believe i'm talking about this movie in this way but on a surface (laughs) level is like i really do kind of enjoy well i'll say this uh in terms of humor i often am kind of a fan of conceptual humor where like there's a concept there's a basic concept um and i like the concept even if the execution isn't 100 percent great i often will enjoy something that way anyway uh and so here like just the idea of going back and trying to make a bad old film like that appealed to me in general and so i was kind of open to that to begin with um but then also like there are there, as i said there are some jokes in here that i think are just just kind of genuinely funny um there's so there's uh this whole long kind of broken up scene where the the scientists have gone to the or no the aliens have gone to the scientist's house the cabin in the woods um to try to see if they can get a a hold of their hand get a hold of the uh meteorite and they're pretending to be human except they don't understand humans at all and um, and they keep making these really dumb missteps. So there's one point where they're alone with the evil scientist and the evil scientist like z- accuses them of being aliens. And the husband says, aliens, us, is that one of your earth jokes? Um, <laughs> which is oh, so stupid. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. I just, I just really thought it was funny. Um, there's also like, it, uh, at one point, Ranger Brad shows up at the cabin to uh, tell them that there's a neighboring farmer who has been horribly mutilated, and this is a scene in which the words "horrible mutilation" occur approximately three hundred times. Like that word is just said; those words are just said over and over again, um, and. Um, before they get open the door and see it's Ranger Brad, the uh, alien who is still posing as human says, be careful. It might be a mutant because they have a mutant they brought with them that escaped and is in fact the one that's that killed the farmer. Uh, so they have this like long scene where they, they talk about the, the horrible mutilations 
and uh, and then um, the scientist asks Ranger Brad as he's leaving, like, "Well, what do you think could do this?" And Ranger Brad says, "Oh, I don't know, maybe a bear." And the scientist says, uh, "Really? Could a would a bear do that? I mean, you know, horrible mutilation." And Ranger Brad says, uh, "Mr. Doctor Armstrong, I've seen bears do things that even a bear wouldn't do." <laughs> well, it's hard to argue with that logic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, then uh, the door closes. <laughs> the door closes, and uh, and Doctor and Doctor Armstrong says, "Mutant mutilation." Hmm. I wonder. And uh, it's just so stupid. I just loved it. <laughs> so again, this is like a pitch that maybe works for me and nobody else in the world, but. But this is kind of why I enjoyed it the, the first time around. And then also I just am interested, you know, I mean, probably as podcasters, you, you can have the, the, the appeal here as well. Just the idea of someone w- uh, making something on a shoestring, sh- shoestring budget, like just getting together whatever resource, resources they can and being like, well, this is what I have. This is what I want to do. And let's just do it, uh, which is both true of the people who actually made the movie and you know, according to my crackpot theory about it being a movie about itself, you know, the, the, the theoretical people who would have made this movie in the fifties, you know, so it's all kind of in there and, and that's something I appreciate. Uh, well, I, um, <laughs> might have a, uh, recommendation for you. I mean, uh, if you haven't seen oh. it yet, um, one of the best worst, uh, in this kind of category that I've ever scene is uh, a little movie called Oversexed Rug Suckers from Mars. Are you Oversexed Drug Suckers? Rug no, Suckers from Mars. Yeah. Oh. 1989. Yeah. Where um it is the weirdest, most awful thing. <laughs> but it's I the relationship you're describing with uh Lost Skeleton of Cadaver is kind of similar because I this was a VHS rental for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> very old, tiny sentence. And uh, my friends and I kind of discovered it, it was just so completely absurd. And um, it certainly didn't hold up the way that I thought it did. You know, I've watched it quite a few times, but it is utterly just very, very, very bad. But something about it has a charm to it. I mean, there's sentient vacuums and uh, folly and this homeless man falling in love with this vacuum and these aliens return to earth after 10 million years because we were their experiment and they find this homeless guy so obviously we, things didn't go well for us based off this one homeless guy and so they decide to cross um, humans and vacuum cleaners to clean up, clean up our filthy humans and uh, craziness ensues from there so um, <laughs> maybe uh, yeah it's kind of the same vein I don't know like I said it's, it's one of those if you know, it's definitely yeah. got to be well within that wheelhouse for you to have any chance of enjoying it. <laughs> and I'm fully admitting it's bad, but but fun bad. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good luck, because I don't know if you can find it. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. May need to just do many a Google search to run mm-hmm. into that one. <laughs> I, yeah, I think the aliens are like claymation. I, I want to say. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I believe so. But. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't feel like there's any point asking for a favorite moment or scene because you've given us a whole bunch of uh, mm-hmm. just little lines in there. That, and normally I say, so is there a sequel to this one? But I've actually just looked it up. And there is. is there there is a sequel, yeah. and they were trying to make a third one as well. So have you seen the sequel to this one? <laughs> yeah. Um, I am, maybe unsurprisingly, uh, I've... Uh, I've tried to be a Larry Blumier completist. Ah. Um, and so I've seen as many of his movies as I could, uh, which is not that many. It's not that hard to be a completist. But um, so, yeah. So The Lost Skeleton of Cadaver, I would say for me, is the one that holds up best and, and is that I enjoy the most. Uh, but I do enjoy the others. He had his next movie was in 2005, Meet the Mobsters, which is a mobster movie, but with kind of the same thing, like a lot of the same terrible uh, dialogue and concepts, except that's a movie that where he was able to cast like, you know, actual 
character actors from mob movies and TV shows that you would recognize. Um, like uh, Vincent uh, Curatola, who played Johnny Sachs in The Sopranos, uh, has a big role in it, as I recall. And uh, that one is a lot weirder to watch, just because the like it's weird to see that kind of movie where you recognize the actors. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy it. I can't imagine what anyone who went to it thinking that it was going to be a regular old mob movie would make of it. That must have been very strange. Um, his next movie was Trail of the Screaming Forehead, which is a claymation. Oh, I, I love think the Ray cover. Right? Has it, this kind of thing. I've yeah, and I have I've only seen trailers for that. Like it was released on DVD for a very for- short time, and I wasn't looking for it at the time, and I didn't get it. So I, I've never seen that one, but I <laughs> I'm interested in it because that claymation stuff is just great. Yeah, yeah I, just uh, looking at the the IMDb for that it just says a small town infestation of crawling alien foreheads that begin attaching to people and taking them over collide with a scientist's experiment to extract foreheadazine and things go horribly horribly wrong <laughs> as will yeah. happen yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what the hell I want to meet this guy <laughs> just talk to him about all these things yeah so life goals get yeah. uh, him on yeah. um I he's he, he put together like with his kind of acting troupe because I think they do a lot. Of, they do plays and things. I think they're like, it's they don't. It's not just movies. They're kind of based in the theater as well. Uh, and they did a bunch of shorts called Tales from the Pub, which are like two to three minute long um, Twilight Zone episodes, uh, which are very strange and funny. And clearly, we're just like, okay, here's a script that I wrote in ten minutes. We're in a bar. We're going to film it. Here we go. Uh, and uh, those are a lot of those are on YouTube and things. So maybe if you want to put your toe in the Larry Vlamir thing, those those would be things that you could look for. Um, I think there are a bunch of those are on Funny or Die as well. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to look up that one. And uh, uh, Well, here's another great thing about the uh, tale, Trail of the Screaming Forehead, the tagline. Who can sleep with brows on the prowl? Now that is some great yes. writing. <laughs> I will I will give credit where credit's due. I know. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, the, yeah. And uh um yeah, the the sequel to The Lost Skeleton of Cadaver, uh The Lost Skeleton Returns Again. I, I, right. I looking at that one, the tagline for that one. So terrifying you'll wish it were only a movie. <laughs> so th- this guy seemed to really know what he's doing with these <laughs> this style yes. so yeah i am gonna have to keep an eye out for these maybe try and find some bargain basement places somewhere yeah. if i can find a dvd and i'm sure there's a few listeners out there that this is uh this is their bag so yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is their yeah. bag baby <laughs> exactly and i also just want to mention quickly uh dark and stormy night uh, which was released the same year as The Lost Skeleton Returns Again. And that one is a parody of like old detective movies, probably from like the 30s or 40s. And th- kind of my favorite thing from that, uh, you know, just as a conceptual thing, again, is that there's um, two of the characters are reporters, and they are like the fast-talking variety that you would find on like His Gal Friday or something, which is a fantastic movie. Um, except none of their banter makes any sense. It's just like they just open their mouths and just say, you know, quickly say whatever comes to their minds and none of it makes any sense. And I just find that very funny. Um, so I would say that that movie I like a lot. I, I would say it's a little too long, but it's I still enjoy it quite a bit. All right. Uh, yeah. And it, I... I genuinely am writing down right now the name of this guy because I don't want to forget this at all. <laughs> oh, excellent. Does, yes, does he have a Twitter? We need to find this out and tweet him. <laughs> he does. I forget what it is. Though. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember I tweeted, like, I got the sequel. You know, I got it in the mail. Uh, I forget why, but it was just, like, in the the middle of just a terrible couple of weeks. I think maybe it was work. I work. I was having some real problems and this thing came and I just watched it and I was like, Oh man, this is just what I need. Right. Yeah, now. It, I just sent it, a tweet being like, yeah. thank you so much. It does seem like just so. sheer escapism, like yeah. enjoyment. Yeah. 
And uh, he uses uh, Brian Howe, I noticed, which uh, Westworld fans will recognize as the sheriff. Um, right. Yeah, so that's awesome. I, I, like, I saw him right away. I'm like, ooh, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Paul, anything else before we turn to the dark side here? I, I don't think so. I can't really think of <laughs> anything else I would add from that. So, uh, yeah, moving from the just randomness of the Lost Season of Glebda. That, that blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm going to try that one again. The Lost Skeleton of Cadaver. There we go. Uh, so, yes, we need to we need to ask you now what this other film is. And as we say every time, we're not even going to bother trying to guess the genre because, well... Too many, <laughs> too many. shitty movies out <laughs> yeah, there to pick just, from. So. Yeah, it's, just rip the band-aid off for this one. Yeah. What, what film right. have you chosen for the flip side of this coin? Highlander 2, The Quickening. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> I, I believe I've only seen the first one, so... Mm-hmm. I've also only seen the first one, but I yes, I did um, hear um, How Did This Get Made's episode on this movie, um, which yeah. was quite enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have a new reason to be mad at this movie. Um, because... So... The reason why I wanted to talk about this movie because this was kind of another like unusual a thing where I had an unusual reaction to it, um, which is I saw the first Highlander movie, which I know you you guys just said you did as well, and I and I enjoyed it. Like there's a I feel like you know in terms of being the world's greatest movie, it's not, but um, there's a lot to enjoy about it. You know, um, all the sword fight like. It's just, I saw it when I was in college, uh, you know, freshman or, or sophomore year. I feel like that's a movie that's the perfect time for uh, a young guy in the 90s to see his freshman or sophomore year in college. That's when you're probably going to enjoy it the most. Um, there's all the, like, cool sword fighting and then the we- neat backstory, and it's got this like, real aesthetic to it. Uh I'm saying all this stuff. I have no idea if you agree with me or not. <laughs> what, what is your experience of the original Highlander movie? Yeah, but I I saw it ages ago. I genuinely cannot remember when. I, I believe I was still a teenager. And I recall just watching it and being like, yeah, that was all right. I didn't mind that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't okay. anything spectacular, but uh, wasn't terrible. And then I I heard that there were two or three more and I didn't feel the urge to need to watch them, so I've never looked. <laughs> never because looked there could them. only be one for you, right, exactly, Paul? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. Much uh, similar experience. Like I, this wasn't something that was on my radar um, in my youth. I saw this for the first time. I'd say within the last. It's been within the last ten years. I guess I saw it. I, I was in my twenties, um, so there was like no real nostalgia to pull from or anything like that. I didn't enjoy a lot of the um i guess the stylistic choices i definitely enjoyed um connery uh <laughs> how can you not enjoy yeah. sean connery in this um and yeah like the 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 uh the fight sequences were a lot of fun and i thought it was you know a um, a decent movie for for what it was but it was hard to you know um and you know seeing it in the 2000s uh to kind of gauge it, you know, with the films that were happening at that time with the effects budgets and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it, but it's nothing I have a, had a strong tie to. Right. So, um, so I had heard that Highlander two was terrible and I nonetheless watched it. Uh, and it was terrible and, uh, made me kind of angry. <laughs> and then, um, so I watched it and then like a while, some time passed and then I thought, you know what, I, why don't I get, kind of try to get the taste out of bad taste out of my mouth on that and i'll watch the original one and i watched the original again and found i could no longer enjoy it oh boy it just spoiled Uh, the whole thing yeah so um so that that ability to retroactively make a movie that i basically liked uh no longer a movie that i could like anymore uh i don't think that's ever happened (laughs) <laughs> um, with another series where it retroactively um, ruined something <laughs> for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm. I mean, you know, the, the star Wars prequels were bad, but 
I can still watch the original Star Wars and, and enjoy it. So, hmm. yeah. I don't know. Was, yeah, I'm trying to come up um, with something like, yeah, um, TV a lot, but that's a different ball game. Um, yeah. Right. That last season of Dexter just ruined it for me. I can't watch any of Dexter now <laughs> with any sort of enjoyment. But <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think I... I'm very good at separating things out, so even if I watch something that I end up not liking, it doesn't diminish the original or whatever for me mm-hmm. because... I I see it as a separate entity, and so yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I've ever run into something that has ruined the franchise for me, but I can def I can definitely get behind watching something and just immediately understanding. Oh no, this, this is terrible. Yes, what have they done? Yeah, <laughs> and what did they do? Yeah, this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I think. Uh. So I think part of the. By the way, what is I forget. I feel like spoilers are okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. especially Absolutely. for the bad one because mm-hmm. we don't care if people watch this one. <laughs> yeah, so they can pause and listen. Yes, yeah, so if you have any desire to see the quickening, uh, pause right here and resume yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're finished. So, like, part of it is that um, Highlander Two is like I feel like the original Highlander movie more or less kind of like it was cartoony definitely and it was edited like a music video but it more or less took its just central concept seriously um and then highlander 2 has has a bunch of superficial similarities but it's also i feel like in highlander 2 they basically wanted to make robocop um it's like there's a it the cartooniness is ramped way way up uh they're like these two bad guys early on that um just laugh like uh um i forget his name but you know like uh in um in return of the jedi jabba the hut's sidekick there salacious crumb yeah salacious crumb yeah they they laugh like him and Ah. except a lot more and it's really annoying (laughs) uh the special account the special effects they're like it takes place in the uh, far distant uh, year of 2024. Um, so there are, you know, whereas the the previous one was like basically present day for a lot of it. Uh, this one, it's set in the future, but it's the special effects are really terrible. Um, and it's not particularly compelling. And then there are all these like cartoony made up ad, you know, like TV ads and things. Uh, which is why I feel like they wanted to make RoboCop and just completely failed. Um, and so that's why, that's kind of why it's a bad movie. I think why it made me dislike the first one is because despite these kind of stylistic and differences, it keeps making links back kind of structurally to the original one. So like the original one starts out with Connor McLeod at a wrestling match at Madison Square Garden and then he leaves and has a fight in a parking garage. Um and then in the second one he's oh and while he's at the wrestling match like he kind of has this flashback to you know when he was a young lad in 15th century Scotland or whenever it was. Um, and in this one, he's an old man because he's been aging naturally now that uh, he the won. end of Highlander yeah. 1 has happened. And he's at an opera, which is, of course, the more exciting version of a wrestling match. Obviously. And he kind of nods off and he suddenly remembers the actual, according to Highlander 2, pre-story to Highlander, which is that... They, um, he and Sean Connery and all these other high, you know, people who later became immortal, uh, were aliens from the planet Zeist. Um, and they were rebels there and they were exiled to earth where they would become, uh, immortal and have to battle until there was one of them left. Like, and you're like, first of all, this makes no sense. Like none of this makes any sense. Why is he remembering this now? And also Zeist, like what? And then why would you exile someplace to a place where they're immortal? And it's just 
so stupid and terrible. And and then he wakes up and he goes out. He he get he gets a sense of the old quickening, which makes him realize that there are other people from Zeist now on the planet who are gonna tr- try to kill him. And why did they come and try to kill him? He was about to die of natural causes. You know, he's like ninety years old or whatever. Yeah, they, <laughs> or, well, they stayed away. I, I really can I sorry to interrupt here, but I, I really hope this Michael Ironside quote is true. He said, Yeah, listen, I hated that script. We all did. Me, Sean, Chris, we were in it for the money on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well that's what I, I remember hearing at the time, and they said yeah, this one is terrible. Like we we just did it because the studio because they're contractually yeah contractually obligated yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna do another one, and that one's gonna be the one that we really want to make, and it'll be good. Uh, and then I, my understanding, I haven't seen that one because like fool me once, shame on me. Uh-huh. Uh, but fool me twice, Can't shame or no, I got that completely backwards. <laughs> but you know what uh-huh. I mean. Uh, and I didn't. I haven't seen the third one, but word is that it was, if possible, even worse than the second one. Oh, Endgame, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or wait, no, and the final dimension. Well, there's been like, yeah, there's a shitload of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they keep turning them uh, out, and there was a TV the series, series I heard wasn't I, too bad. I never watched it, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I think I saw bits and pieces of it, but never really mm-hmm. got into it. Um, but um, anyway, so. So the structure is kind of similar, except it's a much worse thing they do the second time. But then the result was that when I watched the first one again, everything reminded me of the second one because it was the same structure. Um, And flaws that were in the first one that you could kind of think of as one-offs, like uh, you you perhaps do not recall this, but one of the conceits of the first one seems to be that when a woman finds out that you're immortal, they just want to have sex with you immediately. Um, like there's an actual scene in the first one where, uh, the female lead who is a forensic detective and also a, an expert, a published expert in ancient antique swords for some reason, mm-hmm. um, she does some investigation and figures out that he, uh, he is actually much older than he seems. So he goes and confronts him at his antique shop. And he says, you know, I am Connor McLeod. Uh, you know, I was born in whatever year and I'm immortal. And he gives her a knife and then stabs himself with it in the stomach. Yeah. And then doesn't die. And she just she just immediately wants to have sex with him. So that's <laughs> like a really stupid thing that you that on watching the first movie, you might just kind of laugh at the ridiculousness of it. But then the same kind of thing happens in the second movie, and you're like, "Oh no, this is just like a thing that these guys do in their in these movies, apparently." And uh, it just makes makes it harder to just kind of let it go. And when I watch the first one, at least for me, other people might. No, I get that. Yeah, if they're just following the same beats and yeah, using the same gags or whatever you want to call them, over. Yeah. Yeah, and at the very least, if you're gonna do that, you gotta write it properly, and if it's. I'm looking at my notes. One of the things early on is, you know, to info dump on you a little, there's a statue of people under a shield. And then the, uh, the inscription underneath the statue is 25 years under the shield, 1999 to 2024, which is why, you know, it's 2024. Like, why do you make a statue for 25? Like, why does that statue exist? 25 years under the shield so that 25 years later your your children can go and look at this thing and you're like oh yeah 25 years ago there was we've been doing this for 25 it's years it's a very like, what? yeah narrowed <laughs> view there yeah, yeah it's, it's a um, weird anniversary you, you, it's normally a round number rather than mm-hmm. a, a midway there or just leave yeah. it erected at with the you know maybe they maybe they change the uh, the title of it every year, so like, right they they re-engrave yeah. it twenty six years, sort of like one of those like it's been five ye- five years since our last workplace. Yeah, <laughs> they just have to keep uh, chiseling out. Yeah, re-engraving. Yeah, re-engraving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm kind of good not watching this one. I think. Um, yeah, wasn't, that would be my advice. Yeah, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I said, it's been a while since I've seen Highlander, but didn't Sean Connery come into a little situation like a kind of 
head bluesy situation. <laughs> yes, well, that's an interesting question. And right so there. he so, is in this movie, <laughs> right? Despite having died, yeah, I think approximately uh, four hundred years ago uh-huh. in the chronology of the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's that is true. <laughs> okay. um, I'm glad my memory was right there. <laughs> and uh, Sean Connery shows up. So basically, the there's so. One of the, my new reason for hating this movie is that, that it now appears in. There are several versions of it, various directors cut oh, yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so the version that you can get now, which I watched because I'm an idiot, <laughs> uh, who apparently enjoys inflicting pain on himself, is the current version, um, which you only find out if you watch to the very end in the credits when it says 2004 edition. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like right before the credits roll it says Highlighter 2 2004 edition I was like well I could have known that about an hour and a half ago and that would have been great was that the Renegade um, ver- is that what okay. yes yeah the Renegade version but even like I got the one that didn't say Renegade mm-hmm. version but it was still that's what it was I yeah guess. so they they recut it and changed it around so that all of the references to Zeist were removed <laughs> um <laughs> Which really cleaned things up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Instead, they're coming from the past for some reason. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. None of it bears close scrutiny. Um, (laughs) But anyway. All the guns were changed to walkie-talkies. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a uh, scene, which I don't remember if was in the original version of Highlander 2 that I saw or not, but there's a little scene when he's flashing back from the opera where... um, Sean Connery, before their exile, tells him, you know, you and I are linked in a special way, and if you ever need me, call my name and I'll come. So then uh, when when in the, in the fight that follows after he leaves the opera, he calls out Sean Connery's character's name, which I don't remember. And so Sean Connery is called back into existence except he's in Scotland where he died mm-hmm. uh, on st- on stage um, where there's a production of Hamlet going on uh-huh. <laughs> and there's a lot of you know really awesome humor that they ring out of that situation you know actually like Sean Connery um, is enough of a character like the quality of his acting aside uh, and also the quality of his real life personality, which I understand is not great. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is just someone who's fun to watch on screen. Agreed. So there is kind of a sense where like Sean Connery shows up and you're kind of like, Oh, you know, maybe this movie won't be so terrible. Uh, and then he, he dies again. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. well, screw this movie. This is terrible. <laughs> so, but you still have Michael Ironside and Virginia Madsen and they couldn't, I guess they weren't enough to uh, make John anything out of this either. Well, I know. Quite good. There's some good actors in this, but apparently yeah, not a good script I mean, in this. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and actually, I mean, I would even, I, I would even, um, I'm sure he would love to be, to hear me phrase it that way, but I would even defend uh, Christopher Lambert as like someone who, um, I think is kind of an, uh, likable screen presence. Um, because and I say that not so much because of these movies, but uh, some other bad movies. You're just getting all my bad movies <laughs> now. Um, I don't know. Did you guys see Mortal Kombat the movie? I uh, a long I time ago. I couldn't <laughs> tell you one thing about it though. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't. Nothing about that movie matters. Mm, um, that's what I remember. <laughs> I remember but, not uh, remembering. <laughs> like as a as a. Uh, as a video game movie released in the era where Netflix didn't exist yet, you know, it was an enjoyable enough way to pass some time in the theater. That's what I would say about that movie. But Christopher Lambert plays Raiden in that uh, movie. And then there was a sequel, Mortal Kombat 2, which I saw with a friend who I also saw Mortal Kombat 1 with, thinking, well, the first one was kind of fun, and this one probably will be too. (laughs) And it was not, that was a bad movie. And they they couldn't get Christopher Lambert for it. I don't know why not, I, but they couldn't. I believe so I, the, some other I guy. heard about that, and yeah, he did 
just flat out say I'm not doing a second one. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so uh, me and my friend watched this movie, and then we like kind of silently filed out of the out of the uh, movie theater, and then uh, my friend Craig turned to me and said. I never before had such an appreciation of Christopher Lambert's screen presence. Oh my God. <laughs> and you said, what did you just say? <laughs> no, I totally got it. Because uh, the, the guy they had fill in for him just was very bland and unmemorable. And Christopher Lambert, you know, um, is not unmemorable. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So... Um, sorry if you're listening to this, Mr. Lambert. I do. I really do enjoy uh, some of your your roles and things. Uh, I, but uh, yeah. it's hard for me not to not to just give you backhand compliments. Yeah, and uh, hey, if, <laughs> but, if uh, Mr. Lambert no compliments is listening to this, and uh, sure, why don't you come on? Come on, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, do the rebuttal. <laughs> do that. And uh, yeah. You were saying you couldn't remember Sean Connery's name, and uh, I don't know how you couldn't remember his name. It is the incredibly Scottish-sounding Juan Sanchez Villa Lobos. Well, he's a Spaniard. Yeah, (laughs) no, he's not not a Spaniard. No, he's not. That's right. Yes, he's Egyptian. Egyptian, yes, but yes, people mistakenly yes refer to him as Spaniard. Yeah, yeah. Like I just did. It's a thing of Sean Connery who can never not sound like Sean Connery. Playing someone that isn't Scottish. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> well, that was kind of one of the things I remember people saying about Highlander. You know, like Highlander is an, a movie that is very easy to joke about. First, like there can be only one, but then there are all these sequels. So that's a that's a good joke. You know, that's an obvious joke to make. But also um, that you would have a movie called Highlander and have Sean Connery in it playing an Egyptian while a French guy plays the Scottish character <laughs> is, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's stunt casting exactly, but it's an interesting approach to casting. It is. It's just like asking Kevin Costner to do accent work. Uh, you know, you know <laughs> what you're getting. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, my question then is uh, what I like to ask here is, let's say somebody brought the film to you and said, Fix it, please. What would you do to change it? Barring a lighter uh, and gasoline. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you feel like there's anything that could be done to this film that would redeem it at all? I mean, I think that there are... You know, it would... There wouldn't necessarily be a ton left of it, but <laughs> I think that you could do a sequel to Highlander that wouldn't be terrible. Um... Although my tendency would maybe to be want to do more of a prequel, right. uh, maybe that would kind of ruin it too, though, because I feel like one of the strengths of the original movie is that it doesn't spend a lot of time explaining things. Like, okay, like there are these people and they live forever and they fight with swords. Like, what more do you want? We're not going to tell you why any of this <laughs> is true. Uh, and that's actually one of the problems with the sequel is that it really explains everything uh, and the explanations don't make any sense and don't help. Um, let's see. I, I feel like maybe a sequel would work if, because obviously he's mortal, but then towards the end of his natural life, maybe if more were born, so, or like reached what, what however it exactly works, right? and then he became immortal again, and now he was sort of stepping into the Sean Connery role of explaining mm. to the new generation what's going on. That's oh that's yeah that's i like that or it could even be because um at the end of highlander one he he realizes that you know now now he will you know age and die like normal people and also can have children so maybe he has a child and something happens that kind of re-triggers uh, the old Highlander really? stuff, so, and yes, this to, movie has already been made to excellent uh, standards. I think, and it was called Logan. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't seen okay. that yet. I want this to. is very much, you know, uh, traveling that same path. So, well, I'm I'm really tapped into the zeitgeist. So, yeah. make that movie 20 years ago and uh, uh, have it starring Christopher Lambert. There you go. And uh, I'm into it. Um, yeah. So, right, make. 
instead of making that movie, make a much better one. I think that that's a good way to fix yeah. it. Oh, okay. well, there, there you go. Now, Logan is just the, the child of McLeod. So there you go. Oh, uh, now you've... <laughs> you've done it, Paul. You've ruined uh, Logan for me. Okay. Hey. hey, all right. I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah. Mm. No, nothing can ruin that movie for me. Okay. <laughs> no need to hype it up too much, Sam, right? No, no, no. Hey, I, I can't. No, it, you'll be fine. I, I yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Paul, do you have uh, Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't say that. It. It's, it's like, what would you actually say is the worst thing in the film? Like, is there, like, I don't know, obviously you can have a favorite moment or scene in films that you like, but is there like a worst moment or scene that just... Like kind of eye rolling out just... of your head, have to pick them back up, <laughs> scoff, like, get the F out of here. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be, it's, it's hard to pick one. Uh, I mean, the script definitely is terrible. Um, but also, a lot of the performances, like, they really, you know, I said that I, they wanted it to be real cartoony. There's, um, there's a guy who plays the head of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Corporation, uh, which was funny now that I've seen <laughs> the Marvel series. Yeah. But, um, and... Uh, you know, this guy, I think, you know, I can only assume this is due to direction. Like, his uh, his performance just makes, like, Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, seem subtle. It's really... <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> it's really something. Uh-huh. It's really, it's real, real hard to watch. And, uh, yeah, and there's... You know, that kind of stands out in my mind, but the, like, the cackling villains, like, there's just so much that is, there's just nothing good about the movie. <laughs> All right. I mean, Sean Connery is, is kind of fun in, in parts, but it's just, there's just nothing good. There's just nothing there. <laughs> All right. <Fair> <laughs> so... I'm more disappointed than angry. It's just not good. Do you see the wall skeleton of Cadaver? Do not see. Yeah, do not see anything uh, past Highlander. Highlander one. 1. Yes. Got yes. it. Yes, there is only one. There is yeah, only one that you should bother watching. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'd say it's been fun. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm uh, happy I didn't watch that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> good call. So. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, and uh, why don't you take the time now to let people know Plug where away. they can find you, how to get a hold of you, all of that good stuff. Sure, yeah, and thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Uh, even though I ended up watching t- two movies I didn't like, <laughs> which doesn't seem quite fair, but I did it to myself. Certainly. Yes. <laughs> I, can't, I can't actually blame that on you, much as I would like to. Hey, we'll take it if you want to dish it our way. Yeah. Um, so my name's Jacob Haller. Um, you can find all of my, you know, links to all of my music and podcasts and things at my website, jacobhaller.com. Um, you can also find stuff on Bandcamp if you look for Jacob Haller. Uh, and my website, I just said, <laughs> my Twitter account is at J-W-G-H-A-L-L-E-R. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook and Really, just Google me and you'll find like a million web pages because I'm a total self promoter, apparently. Um, and uh, I hope that you enjoy what you find. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they will. I, I yeah, I enjoyed uh, listening to Tell Me About Your Song. I listened to three episodes and loved them all. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, for those of you that don't know already, you, like, you can find us just. As, uh, as Jacob was saying, just search Blockbusters, you'll find us. Uh, mm-hmm. Just misspell Blockbuster, and it should yeah, take you there. there. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah uh, our website is not as polished as uh, as Jacob's here, but uh, uh, we try, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say as much as uh, Blockbusters, but we're still yeah, a thing, yeah, so yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, we are <laughs> definitely shoestring budget ourselves here, so <laughs> even more so than The Lost Skeleton, so... Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, uh, I think that's, uh, that's mm-hmm. it from all three of us here. So <laughs> I've been Paul. I've been Brian.
Oh, and I've been Jake. <laughs> Sorry, I was cutting you off there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Yeah, it's fine. I, I thought I'd give you the chance to jump in there, and uh, <laughs> eventually you took it. So well done, you. Yeah. yeah. After after a few minutes, <laughs> uh, that's what editing is for. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And now, of course, with this this bit being funny, the question is whether to leave that all in or not. I'm guessing it will be in because it's less work for you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll just shorten the pause a little bit. Yeah. All right, well, that's, that's it from us. Uh, bye, folks. We'll see ya. So long.